sing, Oh, Come All You Faithful. Oh, Come All You Faithful, hymn number 85. We're going to sing all three verses, all right? So uh, everybody just sing out and uh, help me. We'll um, get through it together, okay? And I want to try to get you ready for the preaching because I know who's preaching tonight and we got to be, you know, got to be careful. Amen. Hymn number 85, oh come all you faithful, sing out with me now, here we go. Oh come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, oh come ye, oh come ye to Bethlehem, come and behold him, born the Would you lead us in a word of prayer, please, sir? Amen. Amen. Remain standing. You do such a good job when you stand up and sing. And this one, you may need a little extra breath. Hymn number 58, <clears throat> Isn't the Love of Jesus Something Wonderful? Amen. Y'all like this one. This is a good song. Y'all sang this before, right? Oh, yeah, I thought so. Y'all like this one. Sing it with me. Stay up now. Here we go. Ready? Uh, there will never be a sweeter story. Story of the Savior's love divine. Love that brought him from the realms of glory. Just to save a sinful soul like mine In the love of Jesus Something wonderful 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 In the love of Jesus Something wonderful Wonderful He is to me Boundless as the universe around me Reaching to the farthest soul away Saving, keeping love it was that found me That is why my heart can truly say Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful Wonderful, wonderful Isn't the love of Jesus something Wonderful, how wonderful it is to me. All right, now when we get down on the course, men, when we get to that, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Right in there, you say? 
Yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Ladies, you just keep holding that note. Men, you say the yes. All right. Are we, everybody ready to go on the same page? All right. Here we go. On that last verse, love beyond our human comprehending. A love beyond our human comprehending. A love of God in Christ, how can it be? Uh, this will be my theme and never ending. A great redeeming love of Calvary. And isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Wonderful, oh wonderful. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Oh wonderful it is to me. Sing that chorus again. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? A wonderful, a wonderful. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? A wonderful it is to me. Now, men, come, I know y'all can sue louder than that. I've heard y'all yelling at your kids. Some of you be a lot, lot louder than that, you know. And now, I don't want to embarrass you because I could ask the ladies to say yes. And I don't want to make y'all feel bad. So I'd rather give y'all another chance, all right? Shake y'all's head this way, men, all right? So when we get down there, y'all know where it's at now. So we're going to do that course again. And uh, right in there, just say yes, all right? Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Yes. Amen. So here we go on that course one more time. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? A wonderful, wonderful. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? A wonderful it is to me. Amen. I'm not bad. You may be seated. That's not bad at all. <clears throat> you glad to be here? Say amen. How many of you have your Christmas shopping all completed? How many of you haven't even started? That's what I thought. All right. All right well, you've, got, you've still got plenty of time. And by the way, <clears throat> I, I forgot the name of that place. Uh, it, was a, no, it was like a CVS or something. Um, that's where I bought my wife's first Christmas present ever when we got married. And I, I got her a watch. And it was uh, <clears throat> uh, because we didn't have no money. My da dad gave us $20 a piece, and that's where we went because that's the only thing open. And I got her a Timex watch. Takes a licking, keeps on ticking. Amen. <clears throat> and I kind of like Mary sometime. Amen. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're here. And uh, Christmas is going to be on us before we know it. And uh, so let me encourage you. Sunday is uh, Christmas Eve. If you remember a few years ago, we, Christmas fell on a Sunday. And some churches didn't have Christmas on Sunday because they didn't want to, you know, be, <clears throat> you know, get the people out and all that kind of stuff. But I thought, isn't that kind of... Sad, you know. I mean, uh, that's like have if that's like you having your birthday and nobody telling you happy birthday. Right. You know, well, it's the Lord's birthday, so but it's on Christmas Eve Sunday, so we're gonna have uh, Sunday morning nine thirty Sunday school ten thirty will be our morning worship, and uh, just like normal, and then we'll not have an afternoon service, but we're gonna have a morning service. So please come and help me and invite encourage folks to be here. Uh, ready to go, call folks. We had uh, almost 40 absentees this past Sunday. And, uh, I mean, we still had a good crowd, but, uh, boy, you, you take all those, you could have had a really good crowd. And so I want us to, uh, let's end strong, and uh, we still got two more Sundays left, so please help us uh, get everybody out. Invite and encourage. I know we've got some folks out of town. Please pray for them. Uh, that the Lord will help them as they travel and uh, pray for the Marcos as they're out of town as well. But uh, the 31st is, uh, that's on a, that's Sunday, right? The last Sunday of the month, 31st? Okay, good. We're going to have church on the 31st too, all, all day, amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, mark all this stuff down, and uh, if you don't have your bulletin, please get those out. Uh, uh, choir, I put out a new uh, singing schedule so if you'll please, uh, the, I put some on the, up here in the choir. I put some on the pianos. There's one posted out here on the bulletin board. So please look at those. We, I've also posted a new schedule for 
the prayer time for Sundays, so please uh, take a look at that. Uh, some of it's still the same, but I just added some dates to that, so please look at those things and let's stay uh, up on all that stuff. I think Miss White is working on a schedule for the junior church and things of that nature, so if you're helping in that area, please look at those schedules so that we can make sure that everybody's in the right place at the right time, okay? Prayer sheets, anybody need one? If you need one, just slip your hand up. Amen, a whole bunch of them. Go, Brother Eric, would you help him real quick with those? Amen, there you go. Now keep your hand up, Brother Eric and Brother uh, Andrus. I almost had to introduce myself to Brother Andrew again. Ah. Him and Dave been feeling bad too. Glad to see them back. Amen. Uh, so um, keep continue to keep them in your prayers. But please pray for all of these. Continue to pray for Brother Mark Carwile as he's recovering from his uh, knee replacement surgery. Pray for Miss Barb. Hers is, I think, maybe tomorrow. I think it's either this week or next week. So pray for her uh, as well. Uh, but pray for all of these that are on our uh, prayer sheet that the Lord will continue to be with our people. Uh, pray for all of our visitors that have been coming, that the Lord will send them back and uh, that God will continue to help and bless. You know, I, I want us to finish strong, and so please pray. And let's, uh, is, if we can finish strong if we do our part. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you to do that. But remember to pray for all of these that are on our, <coughs> our prayer sheet tonight. Take these home and then uh, re, uh, pray for them. Remember, there's no uh, organized soul winning Saturday. Uh, but again, uh, Sunday school, Sunday morning, and regular morning worship, just like normal. So please don't forget about that, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we'll uh, have a word of prayer. Pray for our offering tonight as well, and, uh, and, and then we'll get back into the service. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for again, for these that are here tonight. Uh, God, thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. And uh, God, I'm thankful, God, that uh, uh, for people who are faithful, faithful in their attendance faithful in their giving lord thank you god for them help us in turn lord to be faithful to you uh, god i pray that you'll help us to understand that the just shall live by faith lord. and uh, lord i pray god that you'd help us to exercise that faith by putting you first in everything that we do uh, god i pray that you'll bless our our worship tonight be brother shelton as he brings the message lord i pray god that you'd help us to listen with a spiritual ear and God, may everything that he says, Lord, be bathed in the Spirit of God. And, and uh, Lord, may we take uh, what he ha you have through him and uh, use it, Lord, to strengthen and edify the body. Uh, God, and I give you praise for that. I pray, Lord, for these that are on our, our prayer list tonight. God, we have many that, uh, God, that are on here for health reasons. We've had several folks that have not been feeling well. And I pray for them, Lord, and I ask you, God, to please... Lord, be with our folks, Lord, that are sick. God, I pray that you'd lift them up. Pray, God, that you'd help them to be here Sunday, ready to worship, Lord, on Christmas Eve. And, uh, God, I, I just ask you for a wonderful, spirit-filled day Sunday. I pray, Lord, that you'll send lost folks, God, and they'll come and realize that you love us so much, God, that you clothed yourself in this flesh, Lord, and uh, became a man, God, and died on the cross for our sin. And, Lord, that they'll understand their need of a Savior and that they'll come and trust you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray, Lord, also you'll be with our folks that are traveling, many that are traveling for uh, uh, Christmas, Lord, with their families. I pray, God, that you'd please watch over them, give them traveling gracious, Lord, and help them to have um, a, a good Christ-centered Christmas, Lord, and help us all to do that. Uh, God, to put you in the center of everything that we do, Lord. And God, I know we're busy this time of year. God, we're running to and fro, but Lord, help us to stop, Lord, for just a few minutes, Lord, and, and uh, give you the uh, preeminence, Lord, that you so much deserve in our life, Lord, and uh, God, may we just take some time just to say happy birthday to you, Lord, and thank you, God, for, uh, for your son, Jesus, and Lord, I pray that you'd be with us tonight, Lord, thank you, God, again, for our offering that we're about to receive, I pray that you'll bless the gift and the giver. God, I pray that you'd watch over us and may we use this offering for the cause of Christ so that we can reach people with the gospel, Lord, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
right, hymn number 45, All Hail the Power. Let's all stand once again, if you would, please, and, and let's sing that first, uh, second, and last verse, All Hail the Power, Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Hymn number 45, first, second, and last verses, please. <clears throat> Shake your neighbor's hand, and then you may be seated. Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. Um, I want to say thank you to the pastor for allowing me an opportunity to, uh, to um, meet with you all by way of this King James Bible. And I'm thankful for all of you for allowing me the opportunity to speak tonight. We're going to ask that you turn to Acts the 27th chapter. From starting from the New Testament, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. All right, and what I'm going to ask that you do is that you remain, be, remain seated until we get to the, uh, because there, uh, Acts, the 27th chapter, there's a lot. So I want you to re remain seated until we get to the 31st verse. The 31st verse is going to be the key verse. I'm just going to sort of summarize or go through some of these other verses leading up to the 31st verse, okay? Because the 31st verse is going to be our key verse. Uh, Acts the 27th chapter, Acts the 27th chapter, and I'm going to just go ahead and start reading, and then when we get to the 31st verse, uh, uh, you may stand for the uh, concluding of the reading of the Lord's word. And uh, Acts the 27th chapter, uh, starting at the first verse, it says, and when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band, verse 9, it says, Now when uh, much time was spent and when the selling was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the lading, that's the cargo, and ship, but also 
to our lives. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than the things which were spoken by Paul. Okay, that's a lesson within itself. You should always hearken to the man of God. Amen. We're going to find out about this here in a moment. Uh, Verse 14, verse 14. But long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycliton. Now, I'm going to say Eurycliton because it just rolls off my tongue easier if I say it that way. But I think the proper pronunciation is Eurycliton. Verse 15. And when the ship was caught and could could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Verse 16, and running under a certain island, which is called Clotter, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. Verse 19, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Now, now Paul was nice about it. I, I would have been a lot more uglier about it, but that's why Paul's in the Bible and, and I'm not. Okay. But verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Verse 26, Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and they sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest that we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern, that's the back of the ship, and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Now, what's happening right here is that some of the shipmen, they know that that things are not looking good. So they're going to pretend that they're going to go to the front of the ship. Oh, we're just letting down some anchors, nothing over here. But they're really letting down the lifeboat so they can get on the lifeboat and get away from the ship. All right. So. Uh, let us stand on this key verse here. Verse 31. Verse 31. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. Okay, that ruined that plan. Verse 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you, take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from, uh, from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Verse 36, then they were of, excuse me, then were they all of good cheer and they also took some meat. Verse 37, and we were in all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Jumping down to verse 40, and when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea. They loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made towards shore and falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the four parts stuck fast and remained immovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Verse 42, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, should, that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Verse 44, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. 
Amen. All right. Now, um, I don't have a subject or a topic for tonight. But if I did, it would be called just stay in the boat. Just stay in the boat. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I need your help tonight. I pray, Lord, you will remove me out of the way and let your Holy Ghost teach. And Father, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Now, uh, what's happening here in Acts, the 27th chapter, we have Paul, who uh, he's not going on a missionary journey, but rather he's a prisoner and he's having his, his case taken to the highest court in the land, which is Caesar. It's kind of like going to the Supreme Court. And so in, in verse number one, uh, they get on this ship and they're just trying to get to Italy so they can uh, get to, to court. Now, uh, what we have happening here is that we have the Paul gives the, the, the people a warning uh, and the centurion ignores the warning. And then the next thing you know, they're in the middle of this big tempest, this big not. I don't think it was be classified as a hurricane, but it's something that's. That's a, a huge storm, and the storm is so great, it's something that even the shipmen had never encountered before because the scripture we just read said that they feared for their lives, all right? Now, as we uh, look at this, uh, I, want to, I want to use some allegories here. I, don't, I never want to over-allegorize scripture. You want to take scripture for what it is and not try to make it so mysterious and symbolic, but I, I do want to allegorize uh, at least four things here uh, from this passage as we talk about the ship. Uh, the ship is going to represent the house of God. That's, we're going to use the ship. That's going to be a representation of the house of God for, for this uh, demonstration tonight. The man on the ship is going to represent the church, born again believers. Now, I don't believe that every man that was on, the, on this ship in this Acts 27, which was an actual real event, I don't believe that all of them were saved. We know that Paul, Luke, who wrote this, and a few others were, were at least saved. I'm not sure how many other men were saved. But for the sake of argument, we're going to say that the men on the ship represent Christians and believers. All right? Okay? Now, the third thing is, is that uh, we're going to let the wind, the wind will represent God. All right? And... The reason I say that is because if, if you look back at verse 15 for a moment, if you look back at verse 15, it says, and when the ship was caught, we could bear up into the wind. We, we, could, we could not bear up into the wind, excuse me. We let her drive. So what's happening there, what that means is, is, is that the wind was so strong, the shipman said, you know what, we can't fight it. We're just going to let go of the sails and let her drive. That's basically what they were saying. And that's a lesson within itself for us, especially for church leaders and even for us as, as members. Sometimes we'll get caught in a situation where we're trying to do this with the tackling. We're trying to lift that bars, tote that bell, get the sails just right to correct a situation. But sometimes you just need to get out the way and let God take over. God represents the wind. Just let her drive. Sometimes you got to just get out the way and let God take the house of God, the ship, in the direction that he wants the house of God to go. Is, is that all right? Okay. All right. So reading a little further here, um, in verse 14, we talk about this thing called um, Eurocladon, which is this big storm, this big storm. Now, I like to look at uh, Eurocladon allegorically as a trial or tribulation that one may go through. We have storms in our lives, right? Uh, many people have experienced personal Eurocladons uh, this year, some in 2022, some in 2021, all right? Now, in 2020... Everybody experienced a Eurocladon, but it was called something very different. It was called COVID-19. All right. And let me tell you something, people. When Eurocladon hit, when COVID-19 hit, the house of God, 
We had some believers that jumped ship. We had some Christians that went overboard. All right. Now, I'm not talking about I know that we have uh, uh, members here at this church who are elderly. They're susceptible to disease. Um, They have immune deficiencies where they can't be in large gatherings and the like. I understand that. And those who are in those health conditions should take precautions even way before COVID, even way before COVID. You need to take cautions, precautions about who you hang around with and if you're sick, stay home, that type of thing. Are, are you with me? Okay, but, but this, what I'm speaking about right now, this is geared towards those able body, healthy members who live less than 10 miles down the road who jump ship when they didn't need to. They jump ship. They abandon the house of God. They start, stop coming to the house of God because they say, oh, I don't want to catch COVID. But they still went to Walmart. They still went to Lowe's. They still went to the goody-goody liquor store. Hey, there was this one former member. I'm not going to say the name because you know who I'm talking about. There's this one former member who even took their family to Disney World that year. Now, you're going to, I'm scratching my head because I'm saying, okay, so you can handle 35,000 international travelers coming in and out of Disney World and expose your family to that, but you don't want to expose your family to the 100 at the local New Testament church? Huh? They jumped overboard, and they, and they jumped overboard for no reason. For no reason. There was no reason to jump overboard. Let me tell you why. Let me give you three reasons why we should remain in the ship. Now, those of you who are here tonight, I'm not talking to you because you're in the ship. All right. And and let me make a and let me uh, define what uh, what I mean by this. The the house of God is not the church. You are the church. The body, the called out body of believers. We're the church. And I've given this example before. The church can meet down at pump number two at the 7-Eleven. That's where the church meets. Right. All right. Of course, we wouldn't want to meet there because folks would be getting their gas. We'll be in their way. But for us, God has blessed us with a neutral, sanctified property right. where the saints of God could come in here right. and meet. Yep. Okay. So this is the house of God. You are the people of God. Or the church. Now, some people may have a problem with with my talking about uh, church attendance. There you go. Talking about church attendance, brother. I can commune with God in my prayer closet. That is true. There's a place for that. But, you know, when I read Ephesians 5 and it talks about how Christ uh, loved the church and gave himself for it. I don't read in there where he said he loved the the prayer closet and gave himself for it. In the book of Revelation, when it talks about that Jesus Christ will be reunited with his bride, I don't think it says the bride, the prayer closet. He's coming back for his church. All right. And so we need to believe when God says for forsake not the, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner some is, but exhorting one another and so much uh, the more as we see the day approaching, we need to believe in that verse. We need to believe in Psalm 34 and 3 that says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. There's no together when you're in your prayer closet by yourself. There's no us. Are y'all with me? Okay, so I'm talking about the importance of, of, of church attendance by way of using Acts 27 as an example. I promised you I was going to give you uh, three reasons why we should just stay in the ship. Even in the midst of storms, when your hits, no matter what's going on, we need to stay in the ship. Okay? We need to stay in the ship. We need to stay in the boat. Number one, look at verse 34 of Acts 27. Look at verse 34 of Acts 27. Verse 34 of Acts 27. Look what it says right there. It says, wherefore I pray you, bless you, wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from 
the head of any of you. Reason number one, you should stay in the boat, is because there's provisions on the boat. When the men, if you go back and read the previous verse where they were letting down the lifeboat to try to escape, the scripture doesn't say they had any provisions on their lifeboat. Now, they could have gotten in the lifeboat and sailed off, and maybe they could have been safe for a little while, but guess what? Sooner or later, they're going to be starving. And you know what's wrong with this nation right now? we got a nation full of starving Christians. And they don't even realize that they're starving. They wake up on a Sunday morning, oh, I think I'll go golfing. I'll think, my favorite, I think I'll go fishing. I think I'll take my child to the soccer field. Huh? They're starving. Why are they starving? Because they didn't stay in the ship. They jumped off the ship and they left the provisions on the ship. Look back at the text. Verse, uh, th- uh, uh, verse uh, 34, it says, Wherefore, I pray you, take some meat. Why should I take the meat? Because it's for your health. Yeah. Notice something here. Who is feeding the people? Is it the centurion? Is it the captain of the ship? Who's feeding them? The man of God. Now, we've been doing this study in Moses uh, on Sunday afternoons, right? Now, God, he rained down the manna to God's people. He rained down the quail for God's people. But who did God put in charge to preside over the feeding of his people? The man of God. So you need to stay in the ship because there's meat on the ship. Y'all can probably look at me and tell that I like meat, huh? (laughs) Look, I like meat, and the scripture says that there's meat on the ship. We need the meat, we need the meat on the ship that comes from the man of God on the ship who is feeding the people of God on the ship in the house of the Lord that's on the ship, that is the ship. Are you with me on that? And, and let me tell you, I need some real meat, okay? I, I don't want, you know, they have this stuff that tastes like meat, this vegetarian and vegan. You see, I don't want me no NIV burger. I don't want no ESV patty milk. I need, where's the beef, Central Park? I need you some meat. I need some real meat from a real man of God in a real house of God with the real people of God. Second reason you need to stay on the ship. You need to stay on the ship because there's joy. Oh, there's joy, unspeakable joy on the ship. People jumping overboard and they're doing okay, but guess what? They don't have joy. They don't have joy. Look at verse 36 of Acts 27. Uh, Acts 27, 36. What does it say? Then they, then were they all of good, what? Cheer. Cheer. And they also took some meat. Oh, well, I like that last part. (laughs) What, you mean I get to fellowship and have my hamburger? Amen. Well, it doesn't get any better. Well, of course, in heaven it's going to get better than this, but man, can't get much better than that, huh? Now, I, I know that, that y'all have the joy because we can't kick you out of the church when worship is over. You meal right out here in the hallway and you talk to nine o'clock. Why? Because there's joy in the ship. That's why you do it. Can't even make you walk the plank. I ain't walking no plank. I'm staying on the ship. Won't even go home when you're supposed to. Think about it. Why do you hang around? Because there's joy in the house of God, which is the ship. So reason number one, you don't need to jump overboard because there's provisions on on the ship. There's provisions on the boat. Reason number two, you don't want to jump overboard because there's joy on the boat. Reason number three, you don't want to jump overboard. Because there's safety. Look at, uh, let me see what I want to look at. Let's go, let's go ahead and, and, and look at uh, verse 41, and then I'll explain it here in a moment. 
and falling into a place where two seas met, this is like a sandbar or a reef, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained immovable, but the underpart was broken with the violence of the waves. We know at the end in verse 44, it said, and some rest, uh, and, and the rest, some on board, and some on broken pieces of the ship, so it came to pass that they uh, escaped all safe to land. We know that the angel of God had told Paul that no one was going to lose their life right. as long as they stay on the ship. Let me see, what did is, what is that key verse said? It says, Paul said unto the centurion and the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now that's not for, for spiritual purposes, this is not talking about your salvation, this is talking about your, your walk with the Lord. Your walk can't be the same with the Lord if you're not in the house of the Lord. It, it, it can't be the same, all right? Now, let me tell you about the safety thing right here. I, you say, well, safety, how's there safety in the ship? I'll give you an example. Instead of husbands, 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 husbands. Instead of bringing your wife to Wednesday night Bible study, you decide you're going to work late at the office with your female coworker. Oh, Brother Shelton, you don't understand. She's cool. She gets me. She laughs at my jokes. Hate to tell you this, brother. You're messing with the shark. Yep. And not only is she a shark, she's a man-eater. Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. Look, your marriage is safer in the ship than it is out there in the sea of this old world with the sharks, the whales, and the sea monsters. Your children are safer in the ship than they are sitting on Santa Claus' lap. Your finances are safer in the ship than it is with Powerball, Cash 5, and stocking stuffer, scratch off. Oh, I know y'all didn't like that last one. I know y'all didn't like that last one. Brother Shelton, you can talk about my marriage. You can talk about my kids, but don't you dare talk about my money. Look, I don't care if your money is funny and your change is strange. I got nothing to do with that. I'm just here to tell you that you and everything you think you own is safer in the ship than it is out there in the world. That's all I'm saying. And I got another kicker for you. Oh, y'all thought I was done, didn't you? I got another kicker for you. There are parts of the ship that's safer than others. Look back at your text here. Verse 41 of Acts 27. It says that and falling into a place where the two seas met, and like I said, this is probably a sandbar or a reef or something, the ship ran aground. It says the forepart, it says the forepart stuck fast and remained immovable. That's the front of the ship. And the hinder part. What part of the ship is that? That's the back of the ship. The hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. So, the fore part, front part of the ship, when it hit, hit land, it got stuck. It's storm still going on, mind you. You're rockladon still, you're rockladon. Okay? It's still going on. So, the fore part of the ship hits the land, and it sticks, and it's unmovable. The back part breaks off. Okay, but that's still part of the ship. Amen. Yep. So the question, I'm asking myself the question, well, who's at the front of the ship? Well, I go back and I look at verse 30, and it says, The shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, and they had let down the boat in the sea under the color as they would have cast anchors. But the shipmen were out of the foreship. Amen. Thank you. According to verse 30. So what does that mean? That means that the people who do bus ministry, the people who are in the choir, the people who sing in the orchestra, 
the people who work in the kitchen when we have special days in the kitchen, the people who do the sound ministry, the people who do the website and the marquee, the people who go soul winning, the people who do the nursery, the people who do the lawn maintenance and keeping our plants and flowers looking nice outside and inside, the people who work upstairs with the children, the people who do missions trips to New Mexico to give the gospel to the Navajo Indian children, and I could go so on and so forth, the people who clean the toilets, the people who, who vacuum the floors, they're at the front of the ship. They're at the fourth ship. Why? They're the shipmen. They're toiling. All the shipmen, all the sailors, they work at the front of the ship. They're at the fourth ship. Wasn't that what you just read? Now, if you're a passenger, not in any involved in any service at all, guess what? Spiritually, you're at the back of the ship. I'm not saying physically. Physically, you can sit anywhere you want here. But spiritually, if you're not serving, you're in the back of the ship. Now, what happens to the folks in the back of the ship? They broke off. Now, are they saved? Yes, they are. Because the angel of God gave a promise to Paul. He said, none will be lost who were on the ship. But what's going to happen is the people on the back of the ship, they're just going to have a rougher time getting to shore. But they're going to get to the shore, but they're just going to have a bumpier ride. There was a brother here, and I'm not going to say his name because y'all know who I'm talking about. He used to be in the choir. He backed off the choir. He started doing some stuff in the usher. Then he backed off the ushering. Then the next thing you know, he's at the door greeting people. Then he stopped coming on Sunday afternoon. Then he stopped coming on Wednesday night. And when the Rockladon hit his life, he dropped off. Yeah. Why? Why did he drop off? He wasn't serving. He was at the back of the ship. Now, I'm praying for him. Is he saved? Yes. Is he going to meet all of us on the other shore? Yes, he will. That was a promise from the angel of God. Right. So he hasn't lost his salvation. Right. He's just right now, spiritually speaking, I, I, I communicated with him a couple of weeks ago, spiritually speaking, He's floating on a board, praying that the waves will run him into the shore, spiritually speaking. Okay, now some of you may say, well, Brother Shelton, um, I, I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, I have health problems. I can't sing in the, in the choir because I have shortness of breath. I can't be in the choir. Look, you, you don't have to, to do all that to to serve at the front of the ship, to be of service to the Lord. You know, I think it was in Matthew 25. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But y'all remember the parable where the master was going to go to a far city and he gave one servant five talents, he gave one servant two talents, and he gave another servant one talent? He had an expectation of a return even from the person who had the one talent. He expected something. So even if you just have one talent, you can use it for the glory of God. And that's, that will be your ministry and your service. Okay, I'm going to talk about another former member. I'm not going to say her name because you'd know who I was talking about. But there's this one former member every Saturday, I'm going to have to hurry up, every Saturday afternoon, like clockwork, she would call me. And she'd say, Brother Shelton, tomorrow is Sunday. I just want to encourage you in the Lord that tomorrow is going to be Sunday. See you at church tomorrow, Brother Shelton. Yes, ma'am. Click. You do not realize how much she and her phone call was an encouragement to me. Amen. That was her ministry. I'm looking around here. I don't, I don't see anyone who's not capable of picking up a phone and making a five-minute phone call. I think we can all do this no matter what your condition. Amen. But even if you just pick up a phone and call a brother or sister in Christ, right. that's your ministry. And as far as God is concerned, that puts you at the front of the ship, serving with the others who have five talents where they can sing, they can play piano, brother Will, you know, they they just do everything, okay? But your one ministry still puts you at the front of the ship, all right? So don't think that just because you you can't sing or or teach or or uh, you're not able to, to go on mission trips, that you still can't be of service to the Lord. All right? 
But I do want you to note here that the scripture says that those who were toiling, those who were serving. And the thing about it is I, I've, I've, I've been watching certain people this year who, uh, who have had personal Eurachlodons. And what I found out is that those people who were, who were serving and then Eurachlodon hit, guess what? They stuck. They stuck. They continued to be faithful. They were unmovable. I like that word. I like that word that was used there. Uh, where was that again? Uh, where they, uh, uh, verse 41, four parts stuck fast, remain unmovable. I had a preacher tell me one time, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Right. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yep. All right. They were unmovable. All right. And now, and so there were others who were not involved in any service. They were at the back of the ship. I had one call me, oh, Brother Shelton, I know I haven't been at church, but I lost my job. As soon as I get my job situation figured out and get myself together, I'll be back at church. No, that's not how it works. The provisions are on the ship. Your joy is on the ship. Your safety is on the ship. But so many people, oh, there's some sharks and some whales and some sea monsters out here. All I can do is throw you a lifeline because I ain't getting in that water with you. That's biblical. That's biblical. Jesus said, how can the blind lead the blind? If two of you are in the ditch, you're not doing either one of you any good. I'm going to jump out in the water with you and the sharks. How am I helping you? I'm, I'm just as scared as you are out in the middle of the ocean. One of, at least one of us has got to stay in the ship. We need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. And we need to serve faithfully. I'm going to have to give you at least one passage that's not in Acts 27, so I'm going to do that right now before we close. Hold your place here. I want you to go to 3 John. Now, the best way to get to it is to start from the book of Revelation, start from the back of your Bible. You're going to have Revelation. You're going to have Jude. And then you should hit 3 John. That's the easiest way I, I find to get to it. Revelation, Jude, 3 John. If you wind up in 2 and 1 John, of course, you've gone too far to your left. 3 John, the fifth verse. 3 John, the fifth verse. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. And that's talking about people who may visit or missionaries or whoever that may pass through. Whatever we do, we need to do it faithfully. Whatever you're doing, continue to be faithful. Amen. And if you, if you don't believe you have the, enough faith and strength to get through it, just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on the name of Jesus. Jesus will give you the faith. He will give you the strength. He will give you the power that you need to get through that situation. There, in uh, Mark 9, 24, there was a father who had a son who was possessed with the devil. And the disciples couldn't cast that devil out. Right. The father was about to give all hope, but he turned to Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus asked him, he said, you, you think I can cast this devil out? And, and he said, Lord, he said, I believe you can. And, but he said, help my unbelief. He asked the Lord, he said, Lord, where I'm falling short in my belief and my faith, I need for you to strengthen me, Lord, and help my unbelief. That's, that's part of a song. Help my unbelief, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Files on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. That passage from Mark 9, that, that encounter 
that that, that uh, between Jesus and that man that's recorded in the hymnal as a reminder that we should call upon the Lord to help us in our unbelief. While we're toiling, and I don't care if you're just mopping the poop deck. I don't even, I don't even know if that's a poop deck's a real thing now. That's saw that in a Popeye car- cartoon or whatever. But even if you're just mopping the poop deck, you mop that poop, poop deck for the Lord. Amen? Amen? And, and where you think you may be falling short, just turn to the Lord, ask the Lord, Lord, help my unbelief, help me, the little faith that I have, help increase my faith, Lord, because I want to serve you, I want to stay in the ship. Now, I got to go, because we're already out of time. What in the world does 2024 hold for us? I think we only got about 10 or 11 days left in, in this year. What does 2024 hold for us? We don't know. Now, I'm of the opinion that it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And that's only because I've read uh, Matthew 24, Mark 13, John 16, Luke 21, where Jesus describes wars, rumors of wars. Uh, Don't have to give you an example of that. Earthquakes. I think China had some earthquakes the other day. Um, Pestilence. Who's to say there won't be a COVID-23 next year? You know, who, who knows? We've already had, you know, pestilence. So we have all these things happening. But do you know before Jesus even went into all of that with his disciples, Jesus had this to say? He said, be of good cheer. Right. He said, be of good cheer. And he says, when you see these things, you know that the coming of man draws nigh. Right. That he's coming back soon. So he says, yeah, all of this terrible stuff might happen with there may be a financial collapse or whatever but guess what be of good cheer that's just letting you know i'm coming back to get you real soon amen so we just need to just stay in the boat no matter what kind of storms are going on in our lives and and stay the course going into 2024 you can only stay in the say the course if you stay in the boat though (laughs) all right because why because there's provisions on the boat there's joy in the boat, and there's safety right. on the boat. That's the message. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, the, tonight's message as we talk about uh, this old uh, ship of Zion. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the SS Central Park Baptist Church that you've blessed us with. Father, so thankful for the people. I, I'm thankful, Lord, for the man of God you've given us, the word that you've given us, the the meat that comes from your your word. Father, I'm just so thankful for everything that you have bestowed upon us and how you have been faithful to us, Lord, throughout 2023. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, this message will be an encouragement to those, Lord, who have faced your and storms in their life, that they will just stay encouraged. And if they're falling short in their belief and their faith, Lord, that they will just call out to you to help them with their unbelief. Father, thank you so much for this word and for this old ship of Zion. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.